We oh. are live, Raph. We are? Dun. 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 I'm just trying to do our intro in a more tenant cool Couch. Hans Zimmer. Theater. Dun, dun. Dun. Yes. Well, I hope you can tell from the music that we are tackling tenants today. Before we get into it, of course, this is one of the movies where you definitely want to have seen the movie before you listen to us. Yeah, otherwise, if we ever said that. Any sense. <laughs> For those of you guys who watched it a long time ago and need a, a reminder, Raph here has prepared a minute and a half presentation for you. Yes, I, I have written down, I have in front of me a piece of paper that has a summary that I'm going to read out to you people. I do not have a piece of paper. I am going to summarize this movie off the top of my head and I will probably miss a lot of important things. However, the plot here is we have a protagonist, wonderfully named protagonist. He is, I, we start off with him seemingly infiltrating some mission in an opera house. I think it's for the CIA and some stuff goes wrong. We see some weird stuff happening. There's a bullet that seems to move backwards. Not sure what that's about. And then it seems like his entire team is compromised. He's kidnapped and then he uh, resists the torture and kills himself. And it turns out that was all a test. There's this organization called Tenet and he's being recruited to save the world or something. And he proceeds to jump on this journey then starts investigating figures out that there's inversion and weird time shenanigans and after a series of fetch quests he then realizes he then stumbles upon a Russian oligarch named what's his name? Uh Kristoff. That's not his name. Kane. We just watched this movie like ten minutes ago. Let me pull up in IMDB right here. <laughs> All cast and crew. Sangyam Sarov. I want to say something. Seder. Seder. There we go. He runs into Seder, who is this presumably an arms dealer, but we quickly find out that he's into more than arms dealing. He's involved in this time shenanigans, and it seems like there's some temporal battle or war going on between the future and the past, and they're trying to destroy us. And Seder is basically their agent in the past, and he's willing to potentially destroy the world because he's dying anyway so he doesn't care and our uh, guys through a bunch of temporal shenanigans and time loops and backwards and forwards and inversion and reinversion do some cool action sequences and then they save the day the end mm -hmm. okay <laughs> what is inversion huh? please define <laughs> that for me what is inversion inversion is when you invert or reverse the entropy of an object does no longer move forward through time, it starts moving backward through time. There you go. There's Tenet in a nutshell. If that confuses you, well, there's an excellent line that the movie provides, and it says, don't try to understand it. Just feel it. Just feel it. It's all instincts. <laughs> Looking at uh, like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, this movie seemed to have done okay. Like It's about 70%, both for users and critics, so people like this movie. More or less. On the average, most people enjoyed Tenet. I hate this movie. Come on, Raph. It's so good. <laughs> I hate this movie. How do you feel about this movie? I feel like I know how you feel, but this is my second time watching it. And how do you feel first time going through it? Raph, I think 
the only reason we don't like it is because we don't understand it. Yes, but we're, we're too stupid to like this movie. We're about to dive deep into this, yeah. and we're going to come out with a profound discovery. This is a classic Christopher Nolan movie. This is what you expect mm -hmm. from a Christopher Nolan movie. Inception, dreams within a dream, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I enjoyed Inception. Well, you're about to enjoy this movie. Okay, all right. I wonder if you watch it backwards in time. Maybe that... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you ex explains the movie better. Yeah, if you watch the movie backwards, it's it's a much much more fun show. Before I start bagging on this movie, which is what I'm going to do, I appreciate Christopher Nolan as a director, even after this trash. I appreciate what he does. I want people to have ideas and do things that are outside the box and cool mm -hmm. because that's what makes the viewing experiences interesting. Even the second time watching a movie, I really don't like. I wasn't like bored or anything like that. So it's not a boring movie in some ways. It's kind of boring in other ways. <laughs> it's not an unwatchable movie. I can watch it and not be annoyed the entire time or bored the entire time. I am going to have to say that there are parts that are boring. Like the vocabulary, there's some like fancy words there that I don't mm -hmm. understand, sure. Mm -hmm. But 95% of the words that they say that is said in the movie, I understand, but nothing registers in my brain. Yes, so that's basically, I guess we're going to get into the bagging part and skip over the plot part. Oh, okay, <laughs> my bad. Let's take a step back. Oh, we take a step back? So Inverse. The, for the plot, the plot is protagonist, an antagonist, they kind of call themselves that, which is annoying, and he's trying to end the world, and he's trying to stop. I, I think that the entire time the movie is, I don't want to say pretentious, but I'm going to say pretentious. The movie presenting itself like it's above all these things, like I'm not going to bother with character and stuff like that because this concept is what's important here, you know, this mind-bending concept and what's happening, but everything else is so bland. It's not an interesting plot. You have a bad guy who's a bad guy for seemingly no reason. He's just wants, he's dying. Okay, so he doesn't care about the world ending. Like, who thinks like that? Who is this person? And then you have a good guy who doesn't want the world to end. I mean, yay, good. I mean, I don't want the world to end either. But, like, that doesn't make me invested in a character or invested in anything that's happening, which is what, to me, makes... I'm going to start bagging on it. Which is what makes the characters and everything that's happening boring like that first whatever hour 30 minutes of movie where they're just bouncing from people to people that's not like a new thing for Nolan. like he kind of does that in inception too where mm -hmm. they're just like scene hopping and bouncing but you're interested you know Leonardo DiCaprio is playing whatever his name is what is the character's name in that Cobb who in inception I think it's Cobb right yeah I think so doesn't matter Leonardo DiCaprio yeah I think it's Cobb I'm gonna call him Cobb he's playing Cobb and whether it's true, share charisma of Leonardo DiCaprio or probably also other things, I care about what's happening. So when he's explaining things, I want to know what's happening. When they're bouncing around, I'm like, oh, cool visual. Also, I'm enjoying what's being said. Here it's, we're bouncing around and I am bored. I have no investment whatever, whatsoever because you have a character who is not trying to get me invested. You have a director who presumably is not trying to invest me in the character. Why in God's name would I watch something when I don't care about the characters? Uh, so, w I promise we're going to say good things about this movie. <laughs> I promise. But before we do that, I'm going to say, add insult to injury here. I feel like I also don't understand the stakes. 
I never understood who we're fighting, who, what organization, what represents what, what is true. Especially like the end fight when they're like, you see all that action and explosions and you're like, who are they shooting? Is it a generic military army? Because I don't even see the enemy. I just see buildings going whoop, whoop. It definitely feels like they got caught up in the spectacle mm. of that battle of, oh, there's two two teams going through. And I can imagine that this is, I'm not saying this would be easy to do. I recognize that it's difficult to accomplish what he was trying to accomplish, but nevertheless, this is the movie I was presented with. So this is the movie I'm going to criticize. You have two teams, you know, that, that final sequence is, they have this, their pincer movement, they have the blue team that's moving backwards through time, and the red team that's moving forwards through time. So you already have two groups of individuals that you're trying to coordinate. So it's kind of difficult to introduce two more groups because the people they're fighting also have inverted and non-inverted people. Yeah, true. So it would just be kind of, it'll be chaos. I mean, it already was chaos. I couldn't tell what was happening. I'm pretty sure there are no shots of actual enemies they're fighting. I would have to go back and double check, but I tried to pay attention this time, and I don't think I saw a single shot of an enemy. I, I saw a different, briefly saw a different colored suit, I suppose, or like army wear, uh-huh. but I didn't see them fire a gun, except for that bald. There was guy. the bald guy, but that was like, you know, the driving part of the, yeah. of the climax. So here begs the question, if you watch Christopher Nolan's movies, he's always been character driven, right? If you look at The Dark Knight, you look at The Dark Knight Rises, there's so many plot holes. Like, people enjoy the movie, but there are plenty of plot holes because it's always been, for him, character-driven. So I wonder why, in this movie, he decides not to give the character really a name and decides to have it really not character-driven, but very plot-driven. I don't know either. I can only assume that he he had an idea. (laughs) He was like, wouldn't it be cool if... And here we are, but I, I, I think this is trying to do, trying to do something interesting. It's trying to like break the rules of storytelling, but it's breaking it in all the wrong ways. Is it? Because a movie usually has a background story for the main character, right? There's a background to the characters that you understand what motivates him and what drives him, but he's really blurring the time here, and he's suggesting perhaps that the past doesn't shape you in as much as the future shapes you or something. What matters more is who he would become than who he was, because that's also the past. I don't think that's what he was going for. <laughs> hey man, we gotta throw some <laughs> some ideas around here. I mean, that, that that is true. Like obviously uh, he's affecting himself, but his actions in the future are affecting his current self. But I wouldn't say that's the future affecting you. I would really just say that's the past affecting you. Because technically speaking, that person went forward and then came back. I still think of it as like, it's still you. It doesn't matter what point in time you are. It's still, you still have the memories of the person, you know. But that's what he becomes, you know. Yeah, but that's not a thing. That can't be the moral of the story because that's not, we don't all have inversion boxes. (laughs) 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 So it doesn't matter. (laughs) We also don't have the force. Okay, it's true. I don't know whether it has to do with anything, I, but sure. I'm that is sure true. I had an argument. <laughs> Perhaps in the future, I will. <laughs> you will have had an argument, and you will have won this argument. I can't wait. So, the movie is supposed to be give breathing room to this concept of this inversion and this time jumping. Let's talk about the inversion. Because a part of what annoyed me about this movie was that the first time I watched it, 
I am sitting there thinking, wow, this movie has very little going for it. It's all just like framing and filling to allow this one concept to just shine and just like, you know, create wonderful set pieces and action sequences and like mind-bending moments of like, oh my God, did that was this? I need to go watch that again and figure out who did what where. But again, like I said before, I don't care because I don't care about the characters. So I don't care about what's going on. But also I'm pretty sure it doesn't make sense. Let's start with a start with a simple one. Huh? Yeah. Let's start so with a, simple a simple one. one? Okay. So when he first meets the doctor woman, Barbara, uh, who you know he goes and catches the bullets and the guns or whatever, she says those bullets are moving backwards through time. So that's why when he you know fires the gun or tries to fire the gun, he catches the bullet, and then you know he picks up some of the bullets there. So I have a great question: Who put that bullet there? Because the movies talks about this thing like instinct she, she, she actually says instinct when he's like trying to pick up the bullet the first time she's like you have to have dropped it and so he puts his hand over it again he picks it up i'm like what did he do different the second time did he just think harder about having dropped it like what does that have to do with time uh, <laughs> because they're trying to do like a, a free will thing like you're acting on it and that's what's causing it to happen whether it's to reverse or forward you are the one acting right i think she actually says those words you're always the cause whether it's reverse or forward. That makes sense in terms of, yes, I have inverted myself and I'm running backwards through time. So like when the bullet moves backwards for you, it's because I shot the gun. That makes sense. However, you say this bullet, not a person, this bullet is moving backwards through time. So it's lodged in this wall. Who put it there? When did it get there? Has it been in this wall since the beginning? When they're on the highway and the, there's a crack in the mirror, letting us know that some weird time thing's about to happen. When was that crack there? Has that crack always been there? When they manufactured this car, was that crack there? When did that crack get there? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> because uh, I think when he inverts himself, at some point he starts bleeding from his arm, right? Yeah. Because he shot himself. So at some point he randomly starts bleeding. What's happening? Did the effect of what you're about to do just suddenly come into play? Like it's it's very loosey goosey, if I were to say. You you're wondering the timing of this this stuff. I suppose yeah. with the the bullet in the rock, somebody who was in inverse mode, I'm gonna call that inverse <laughs> mode, shot it there mm -hmm. and then just left it there, and it was just waiting for a gun. I don't know. Like why is it waiting for? So for it to go back into the gun, that means. He fired that. So like, oh, it, almost, yeah. it almost implies that. True, because the objects don't, can't just move on their own. Yeah, something has to be acting on the object. So why is it moving back? There, there needs to be agency. Yeah. And it, that annoys me, not just because it doesn't make sense, but I am pretty sure, I might be wrong, that that mechanic doesn't come into play again. Because the rest of the time, they're the ones inverting themselves. So they're doing stuff. And you can understand why stuff's inverted. So this mechanic is introduced, explained poorly, and then, to my knowledge, not really used again. I have a quote for you from the movie. <laughs> Does your head hurt, Dad? <laughs> Try <laughs> to sleep. See, that's the annoying thing about this movie. This is what pisses me off about this movie. It's so pretentious. It's tongue-in-cheeking to you that it's, A, Everything is very weird and complicated. You don't have to try and wrap your head around it. But I'm like, Nolan, I'm not an idiot. I understand what you're putting in front of me and it doesn't make sense. So stop trying to tell me the movie is smarter than me. It's not. It just doesn't make sense. 
That's how I feel about it. Maybe I am an idiot and I just am missing some something that some smarter person will explain to me. But from where I'm sitting, I'm just like, the movie doesn't make sense. There are things in Inception, I think Inception, this is a side tangent, is a straightforward movie. They're going inside dreams. It does wonky stuff at times. There's stuff that I'm not 100% following, and there's probably plot holes there. But like, I understand in general what's going on, and even if I don't understand that very specific thing, I follow you. Or I could be following you if I was paying more attention. However, this one is, I'm following you, and you're not going anywhere. You're kind of just as confused as I am, and you're hoping I just trust you enough to not call your bullshit. I'm going to move on to another issue that I find very confusing, <laughs> which is the mechanics of the fire. <laughs> so at one point, his car is lighted on fire, but the car and him is inverted. So the Well, the car is not inverted. He's inverted. Well, he's now inverted the car, right? Because now, so now if you go in back and forth time, you're going to see the car go backwards. Yes. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, the way I would... Just like the, it's, presumably the way the bullet goes back, right? It's inverted. That is true. Well, I mean, he has, he can pick up a, he can be inverted and pick up a gun and shoot that gun. And that gun will fire with whatever, it will do weird time stuff. But you can also invert an object. Because all the detritus of the coming war, as she says, are inverted objects. I, I think an so, object automatically in the normal world becomes inverted when interacted by a person. Because, so think about it, think about the ending. The helicopters were inverted, right? And when they were inverted, when the helicopters were landing, it actually showed the smoke on the ground get smaller and smaller as the as the helicopters get into it, suggesting that that's the the sand on the ground had actually been inverted as well. So no, that smoke was from the explosion. No, no, there was there was also smoke, not smoke, sorry, but like a debris. Yeah, that was from the explosion. No, there was one from a from a helicopter landing. I saw it, man. With my own two eyes. I do not recall this. A helicopter was landing yeah, in inversion mode, blue blue team. Yeah, and there was a whole swirl of sand. The, and and the debris was going in inverse mode too. But the debris had not interacted with the helicopter yet because the helicopter had not landed yet. I'm pretty sure that debris is from the explosion. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, moving back to the car. Yeah. That has been sort of inverted, whatever we want to call it, by yeah. the person, the protagonist. Then... Got caught on fire, but it had, instead of heating up the car and heating up him, it actually froze the car and gave him hypothermia. Mm -hmm. So I want to understand, maybe I just don't under this, understand the science of temperature. How did the temperature inverse? I don't think it makes any sense. Are we really this dumb? Like <laughs> I, That's the thing. I, I think the movie is just BSing the entire time. The idea is that, if I'm understanding it correctly, you're... Everything is moving backwards. So if you're, you're experiencing the world backwards, you're inverted, the world is not. So if something is burning for you, you're feeling like it's giving but, off heat, then for you, it's releasing heat. So you're getting cold. But So that's the explanation, which when you say those words, sounds like it makes sense. But when you see it in action, you're like, but no. They also give the, the random cop-out as a later point, the, since you're trying to do things inverted, once you start interacting with the environment, the environment is pushing back against you. Which is why maybe weird things can happen. Why they can't breathe the normal air because it can't go through inverted lungs, but they can see because probably it would be too complicated. Wait, they couldn't breathe? Yeah, that's why they had the every time they're inverted, they had the uh, the little oxygen mask things. But the bad guy didn't. Wasn't he inverted? 
There was definitely a point where there was that glass wall, mm -hmm. right? After the car cool scene, mm -hmm. where he was talking backwards. So when they're inside internal places, they, they often take it off, I guess, in those... Oh, and, yeah, it, okay. Let's mm -hmm. assume that these places are specially treated with special oxygen it's that they can breathe. <laughs> That's it's, just, I'm going to graciously give the movie that. It's not O2, it's 2O. Yeah. <laughs> These are buildings that are treated with 2O. <laughs> Man, I can go on and on about this. It's, let me see, what else do I have here? Are they more or less the same or are they new scientific? I think that's just the biggest one for me. Just like this idea that, I guess to explain how I am conceptualizing them, like, you can invert a person. Thus, a person is inverted and acting upon the world. They can still act normally, but the world is somehow pushing against them. But I can still be inverted and pick up this book and throw it there. And then, from your point of view, it looks like, it looks like I grabbed the book from there. But then I start asking the question, like, even in that scenario, like, who put the book on the floor? You did. For me to have picked up, I, so when I'm here, I throw the book. But that makes sense from my point of view. From your point of view, let's say... You moved the book. I moved the book. So the book was on the floor and I picked it up and put it there. That's how, how it happened in the real world, right? In the normal flow of time, I picked up this book and put it down. When did the book get on the floor? It Was it also me who threw it on the floor and also me who picked it back up? I think, no, there's an answer to this. I'm just, is my there? mind is... <laughs> It must have got on the floor as soon as you did your temporal inversion. So basically... So the world just, just... The whole world just changes according to what you're going to do. The whole world changes? That is kind of insane. It kind of makes more sense to be like, okay, the book must have been on the floor. Like, it, by some other means, someone else must have, you know, I must have forgot to put the book in, in back in my drawer yesterday or something. It makes a little more sense when you... Except when believe, the world exploded. <laughs> no, when you believe me when I said the helicopter and the debris had not touched and the debris was shrinking or expanding. I forget which, but it was had not been interacted with yet, but it was still changing according to what was going to happen from the inverted object. Mm -hmm. Call it fate, call it which fate. is what this movie suggests. Well, I call it reality. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to the movie, time shenanigans are always wonky and weird. There's not a time movie that exists that doesn't have weird loopholes that you can be like, hey, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But this one, again, I find it so frustrating because the movie keeps trying to put it in my face and be like, hey, aren't we so clever? And I'm just like, no, you're not. No, you're not so clever. And also, you're boring. So I'm just annoyed. Okay, well, let's try to... Uh... Actually, I have one more question about mm -hmm. the physics, which is I want I want to understand because the body is made out of particles, right? Atoms. Mm -hmm. When you're an inverted, is it decaying or create or like renewing? Is he does he get younger or older as I, he's inverting? I think I mean the way the movie presents it is you're still uh, aging. you're still aging. You're just you acting oppositely against the world. But then, so for a person in four time, if they were to look at you. They would actually see you getting younger. So in forward time, you're actually because if you were in backward time, if you're an inverted and you let's say invert ten years back, mm -hmm. you you still age ten years. Mm -hmm. So at that point, if your original you sees you there, you see yourself ten years younger, but you see yourself getting younger to the point 
until it merges onto that 10 years forward again, where mm-hmm. you're again the same age. Yeah. Benjamin Button. Are these movies linked? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yes, you would see them getting younger. I think there would be weirder things happening, like books flying off and probably other things happening that would be confusing to you other than just they're getting younger. Well, now let's let's try to move on to some good things about the movie. Are there any good things about this movie? I have a few of the good things. Yeah, uh, sure. Hit me with some. Maybe you're, I'll feed off of you. So, Seder and Cat, I thought they actually had a uh, character. Say did not have character at, towards the end, mm-hmm. but I thought in the beginning his introduction was very good. I thought he had character then, and I thought, uh, I guess Cat had character because she kind of wasn't an abusive kind of relationship. I would, I would agree. Uh, all the characters, I think she had the most personality yeah. and most stakes. Really. And she's, she's the person who most feels like someone for me to root for. The thing that gave her character was also that she didn't act like you would think, you would expect a person to act, right? The main character was just trying to save the world where she was, she had that flaw where she's like, you know what, I, I'm going to have to kill him. doesn't matter if the world ends. Yeah. I just need to kill him now. Like, there was that moment of that flaw, flawedness of her. Flawedness. Yes, that is a word. Flawedity. Flawedity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, she did have a good character. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but like, I think they were all acting well. They're all giving good performances. I'm just upset about what they're performing. I think all the characters, I think all the actors did particularly well, especially since it's probably hard to understand what they were doing in that, in certain scenes. Like, yeah. Robert Pattinson mentioned how, like, he vaguely understands the plot but like when you watch the movie you're not thinking wow Robert Pattinson really doesn't know the plot I would say that's direction that's probably just Christopher Nolan being a good director you can tell your actors here's the lines here's the emotions I want you to be feeling this is what's going on and they can just act that they don't need to know what's actually happening it always helps it does help to have greater context that means the actor can actually you know give feedback and probably give a more elevated performance but if you have a good enough director they can just like tell you what you should be doing it's hard man like uh in grade eight i was in a play involved <laughs> with some time warp as well were you yes and for some reason i played hitler okay yeah and he was a good guy in that how are you supposed to even act i was helping what is this the, play? It's, it was a school play made by teenagers okay yeah enough said it's hard to act man in that scenario how do you do it they did it, Robert Pattinson and and John, Michael John King. Washington, John David Washington. Yeah, random SWAT uh, SWAT team member number two. <laughs> that is a another thing that that SWAT team just showed up out of nowhere. It's implied that Neil, who's the guy he's been working with most of the time, is he has a future in the past. So. He has recruited Neil in the past, so Neil has already been involved with Tenet, and all these people are somewhat involved in Tenet. But again, the movie does this a lot. It just skips steps. Like the most generous thing I can say, it's skipping steps to get to the important bits, and I guess it's trusting us to fill in the gaps. And I can fill in the gaps, sure. It's, it's easy for me to fill that gap, but like if you ask me to fill 50 gaps in the movie, it's going to start becoming a chore. Mm-hmm. And again, like I've said a million times, I already don't care. So you're just asking me to do work, which is making me more frustrated. But good acting for me. Yeah. The line between mystery and just pure confusion yeah. was hard f- 
to direct and especially since the concept is already confusing mm-hmm. having the whole thing like not explain these these things just makes it more confusing rather than mysterious yeah i did find actually i'd say like a a, a weird character beat thing uh for Are you me. about to say a good thing no i'm gonna oh. say a bad thing actually <laughs> i just realized but it's not like a nitpick thing it was like by the end i felt like the protagonist character did a 180 too quickly. Like he started off being confused and like not understanding. I felt he was always too he was too competent even from the beginning because mm. he was being thrown into a very weird situation. He just kept moving forward. Instinct. Yeah. Uh, but I can stomach that to some degree to saying, okay, well, this guy was like a CIA operative, you know, willing to die for like we've established that he's already, you know, he's hyper competent in this field. So I can sort of say, okay, sure. He's going with the flow. This is what he's used to. But then you get to a certain point where he starts saying things like knowledge divided and starts like masterminding stuff. And I'm like, well, how did we get here? Just two scenes ago, you know, you were not this character. When did you when did you get to this point? Uh, we don't see that transition again because presumably the movie is skipping steps. I feel like there is an answer to this character. No one just calls a character protagonist. For no reason. If you go to like writing school, that must be something on your no-no list. The <laughs> well, teacher must say, never use the word protagonist. I really don't think the teacher ever says that because it's sort of heavily implied. <laughs> Again, I, I think it's so weird. I can really imagine a world where I love this movie, where like I'm just I'm just you know gushing about how it's doing so creative things and how it's like breaking the mode in cool, innovative ways. This is not that world. As I'm watching the movie, I keep seeing what it's trying to do, and I keep liking the idea, at least my idea of what his idea is, of what he's trying to do, and I keep just, I could have liked this, and I don't, which is unfortunate. But here we are. Good thing. I will say a good thing about this movie. And the good thing is... Come on, Raf, you can do this. There were lots of good one-liners. I mean, really? they, they made for very stilted conversations, really? but there were lots of good one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> I thought some of the dialogue was vastly overdramatic. Yeah, that's why they got so many good one-liners. It's a good and a bad. <laughs> Does your hurt, head hurt yet? Uh, Get some sleep. When they meet the, the Indian guy, Mahir or Mohir or something, that crashes the plane, they're just walking, he's sitting there, he stands up, they all stand, the camera is just like spinning around them, yeah. and they just... <laughs> Spitball, just one liner after one liner. I'm like, this is not how any interaction works, but that's cool. <laughs> he he does know how to sometimes make exposition look spy-y. Yeah. Dude. And He's done it in Inception for sure. True. I, again, this is what I mean, but like, I, this is a movie I could have loved. Uh, because like, again, he does, this is Nolan's style. It's not like I'm seeing this and being like, what is he doing? This is so weird. In a, in a situation where I liked this guy or I liked these crew or whatever, oh, this is a cool way to deliver exposition. But, you know, then you flip and it's just like, and this is why I guess to get on my, on my soapbox again, character is the most important thing. Like you can have a, a boring plot, but if you have interesting <coughs> characters, like that's why, you know, in, in fantasy you have the like, farm boy goes and kills the evil overlord thing you can do that trope a million times but as long as like you come into it fresh and have characters who respond uniquely to themselves like you can tell that story as many times Mm -hmm. as you want you don't necessarily need a new plot structure you just need you know new elements and interesting elements and characters often 
you can have an interesting plot, you can have an interesting setting, you can have an interesting ending, but if your characters aren't doing anything, it's often very dull. At least for me. I personally, I'm when I read or when I watch, I'm interested in characters more than anything, which is, I guess, why this was like didn't hit, because I was like, you're missing the one thing that's going to actually attach me to what's happening here. No, for sure. I Characters is the point of stories. Nobody wants to watch... A story about a bike unless the bike is given character somehow yeah like a character doesn't have to be a person just something has to the yeah. character can also be the setting like you, you have like stories that are don't necessarily follow any individual there's just like i'm getting into like weird niche fantasy books that like it's the character is the world and stuff like that but something has to you know pull me in and get me invested there has not been much plot discussion what do you mean I don't know how to talk about this plot. There's no plot. There's no interesting plot. But there's a plot. I just don't know what so to say we, about I it. guess we can try and maybe unravel some of the tangents that are going on. So he, I guess, will keep moving. What the movie is implying and promising is that he's going to keep moving back in time. Because by the end of the movie, well, the final battle they have, that, if I remember correctly, is occurring at the same time as the first thing. Like when we start the movie. Mm. So it, it still feels like we're moving forward, but we're actually, keep, he keeps moving back. Yeah. He keeps inverting himself and then doing stuff and inverting and doing stuff. So presumably he's going to keep doing this. He's going to meet Neil in the past. And then it's going to start, uh, he does say the entire thing is a giant pincer movement. And he's going to start, he's going to go back to some point and then probably launch forward again. But why? If he started Tenet, and someone at some point in that movie says Tenet started in the future, you know, mm -hmm. Tenet is a thing that will be founded. So, who founded it? If he's going back, does he found it, go back, then go forward and found it? I mean, no, realistically, just, Tenet some... is not founded at any one time. It's founded at all times, probably. No, it was found. Well, oh, okay. So Tenet was founded by him. The algorithm or the actual thing that pushes people forward or back is founded by somebody generations later. Yes, and he stumbled. I guess, no, this, this is the origin story. This is the origin story, but, you know, it's, we're in a weird time loop, so this isn't really the origin story. Because... All stories are the origin story. Exactly. Because he, in the past slash future, has already caused things that will make this happen. And that's happening because Tenet has already been founded and is doing things because he has already done that. Hey, is this saying that you decide your own fate? I mean, they do say that when he asked about free will, they're like, you're the one that's always doing something. But specifically him. I don't go back. You don't have a time style? I, well, I, I can't go back in time. Yeah, Even sure. if this technology existed, in this story, I'm just a guy in Canada. Right? Yeah. So. I mean, maybe there's one next door. Sure. What would you do? There's a good question. What would you do, what would I do with this technology? Thing? Nothing. Because it sounds... Hello, uncomfortable. I do not want to be inverted. It's really weird. I think I would somehow get a rock to skip on a lake 50 times. How would you accomplish this? I, I don't know, but I would do it, and then I would brag about it somehow. For a time, you wouldn't know, and you would see me skip a rock 50 times. And I'd be like, that is what I would cool. do. Y yeah, I think that would be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because when they're inverted, they're just uncomfortable. You can't walk around without an oxygen mask. True. Every, everything's just weird. It's not a fun time at all. 
True. And even time travel is not a power or ability I really want. It just seems like... Not this kind of time travel. Even even normal, like, oh, I teleport into the past. It's just like, he's just asking for trouble. This is an ability that's just... You're asking for trouble. Just don't do it. Time stuff is cool sometimes. No. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm okay. I mean, for time travel, I think I find it cool when it's used as a mechanism to tell an interesting story rather than the thing we're talking about. Because, like, have you ever seen Time Traveler's Wife? No. So that's a movie that I saw a long time ago and don't really remember, but I recall enjoying it. And it's it's like a, a romance story and I think he's like jumping forward uncontrollably or something like that mm-hmm. so like she's getting older and like he's the same age and like you know there's love and whatever there so it's kind of tragic so why he's jumping into the future does not matter it's just a thing that's happening mm-hmm. and creates an interesting scenario where you can like explore this relationship with this unique constraint I like that story there's time travel the time travel is not the important bit Fair enough. Because, like, I like Groundhog Day, where, mm-hmm. like, the time resets every day. And there's no question about, like, how did this happen? Like, it's, it's not important. It, it's not important. Back to the Future is, like, I think it's the line for me. It's not, like, a top movie for me by any stretch of the magic. But I do enjoy, at least, I think I enjoyed the first one. I didn't really like the other two. But I think I enjoy it because it's not taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just... Uh, what's his name Doc has got a yeah it goes back and it's kind of like oh wacky things are happening because of time it sort of embraces that this is kind of crazy so it's a fun ride I guess a rule of thumb if the time travel is the important part of what's happening I probably don't enjoy even in Back to the Future time travel is it is important but it's not the important thing because the important thing there is that Marty is developing and becoming like a more mature person that's what's happening there the time travel is just the wacky mechanism that allows this to happen. Kind of the same thing in, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Wayne's, no, not Wayne's World. What am I thinking of? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something like that? I have not seen it, but that's another it sounds right. Wack, wacky movie. Keanu Reeves? Yeah, I think that's another, I think that has time travel. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> okay. Um, whereas, you know, time travel annoyed me in Avengers and yes. spoilers for so many things, apparently, in Avengers Endgame. Time travel was like kind of the thing, and they, the crux is when they spend time talking about it and trying to explain why it's happening. And I'm just like, stop, stop right now. This movie is like the extreme of like, it is the entire point of the movie. Well, yeah, Loki handles some of that time stuff. It may it handles it better than Avengers so far, mm-hmm. but we'll have to see. In any case. You're gonna to have to tell me how would you rate this movie? Ten. This is a hard one to rate. A ten. Eh. Hmm. Alright. Well, this has been your regular dose of cash theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh like I wanna just like gut reaction, say something super controversial, like zero out of ten. But that's not really fair. I don't know if I can give it a number rating. I would rec- like tell people to watch it. Like, this is not a movie I would say don't watch it. I would say watch it. So it's a watchable movie. It's a movie I would recommend to anyone who enjoys Christopher Nolan, who enjoys movies in general. I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't recommend it if you're just, like, looking to have a chill time or something like that. This is not that movie. Uh, so anyone who enjoys these kinds of movies, movies that 
involve you thinking or like try to engage you in this kind of way, should definitely watch Tenet. I just happen to think it's not good. Yeah, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would I would rate it. I wouldn't rate it. 14 or R, I would rate a PhD for just <laughs> should have a degree to confirm whether this is actually just dumb or not. Only scientists should watch this to confirm it for us. But um, no, actually, I think it, I really appreciate it for its ingenuity uh, and creativity yeah. because a lot of stuff these days are just rehashed. Adaptations, right? sequels, remakes, prequels, spin-offs. Now, now everything's like a prequel spin-off or a sequel spin-off or yeah. a spin-off sequel prequel somehow. Yeah, and even when those are good, it's still like you kind of want a new thing. Uh, yeah. So this, this is, I do appreciate this for that. Okay. And all we have for you is a word and a gesture. Goodbye. <laughs>